Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Now, you'll remember that we had Councillor Joe Letton of Labour with us uh, on the show earlier in the week. And he is calling on the council executive to re-engage with elected members on the proposed plans to upgrade uh, Limerick City's main O'Connell Street as part of a €9 million revitalisation plan to transform the street across several blocks. And uh, following a series of public consultation meetings and submissions by various stakeholders and members of the public, the proposed plans were amended last year by elected members to include a segregated cycle lane together with two one-directional traffic lanes to facilitate a dedicated bus lane. But Councillor Ledden says COVID-19 has changed our way of life in terms of how we shop, travel, work and socialise. These societal changes have been exacerbated by COVID-19 and we can't simply operate on a return to normal once the virus is suppressed. According to Joe Ledden, retail and hospitality sectors have been particularly impacted with many such as Debenhams choosing not to reopen as we know from uh, coverage on Live 95 News and on this show. And he says, Councillor Ledden, it is appropriate that members be afforded an opportunity to re consider the plans and provide for increased pedestrianisation of O'Connell Street to achieve the plan's objectives and meet future modal patterns, as he puts it. We must give people a reason to visit our city centre and if we are to maintain and increase our retail offering, then increased footfall based on a positive visitor experience is fundamental. So that's just part of what Councillor Ledden had to say. So we want to talk to various interested guests in this uh, this morning and they include architect Ailish Drake who is also the placemaking and active mobility campaigner for Liverpool Limerick CEO of Limerick Chamber D Ryan Ty Carney from Ty Carney Jewellers in Limerick City Centre and Ross Griffin who's hoping to move back to Limerick in the future and they all join us on the line and you're all very welcome now uh, D Ryan a CEO of Limerick Chamber I remember talking to you about this a few weeks ago on the show in the middle of where we're at now really and and um, uh, you were, I think, quite anxious at that stage to see these plans um, progressed. So how do you feel about Joe Ledden saying maybe we need to revisit them now? Well, thanks for having me on, Joe, um, to respond to those calls. Um, with the greatest of respect to Councillor Ledden, I-, I would make the distinction between what he's correctly raising for discussion and thought as being the operation of the street and distinctly different from what has already been approved through the Part 8 uh, process that went through extensive public consultation, extensive um, debate and uh, discussion at the time last year and was approved. The reason why the Chamber backed the designs um, as they were proposed at the time is is because we were we believe that the designs, we were told the designs as they are, offer flexibility inherent, uh, inherently and that it, we are, they allow us to operate the space as we choose to into the future and to restructure how we um, operate the space as we need to into the future. Now, I don't think anyone thought back in September um, that there'd be um, you know, that we'd be facing into a dramatic shift in in, in um, our our increase in pedestrianisation, increase in cycle cycle um, access to the city, and um, in in such a quick uh, in such a short period of time. However, my understanding from speaking to uh, council officials and um, from examining the design as they are currently approved is that we still are afforded the flexibility to operate the space 
whatever way, way, way we want to after it's done. And I'm really anxious when I think about our members and when I think about ratepayers in the city centre who currently are uh, locked out of their premises and for the most part are unable to, to trade and to generate um, revenue. Um, there's, there's a, in the main, there's a, an understanding from their creditors about uh, the situation they're in right now. But when, you know, please God, next year we return to businesses operating as usual, that uh, forbearance um, will be under pressure. And if at that point we've gone into a new Part 8 process and we've delayed the, uh, the construction of O'Connell Street and the delivery of this hero project for Limerick, um, then my concern is that you know our ratepayers in the city centre won't be offered um, the same um, consideration by their creditors at that point if we're in the middle of digging up the concerts. So my focus is very much on um, on accelerating the delivery of this project when there's minimal traffic on a concrete and when the interruption to business is absolutely minimal at the moment. And that's the debate and the discussion that I'd like to hear our councillors and the council executive having. Right. Uh, Ty Carney, you run a business, Ty Carney yes, Jewellers in Limerick City Centre. What is your take on what Councillor Ledden has had to say this week? Well, I also chaired the uh, the consultative process uh, with City Hall with the business community over the last four years in relation to this project. And I have to say the proposals that they came up with eventually were extremely disappointing, uh, lacking imagination, vision and ambition and were not fit, fit for purpose. So I very much welcome uh, the proposal by uh, Councillor Joe Ledden, a very widely experienced councillor who says that we need to be looking at this project. I think the project can be looked at without delaying the whole process again. Uh, I think that the, the, the within the framework that there is a flexibility at the moment, but the concern that I and people certainly that I would have been uh, working with in the past was that the flexibility that they talk about was in fact a flawed concept and an empty project an empty promise because what really happened was that they were going to have a new traffic plan for the city centre and the whole centre of O'Connell Street was going to be the key element in that particular concept. The traffic should be fed around Henry Street, uh, William Street, Parnell Street, Mallow Street and Roger Street and O'Connell Street should have minimal amount of traffic but I believe when they do the current traffic plan that they will in fact turn O'Connell Street into the anchor for the transport up and down the centre of town. So as far as you are concerned, it shouldn't be delayed or maybe we should pause? I think the current... Well, first of all, uh, the, the, the the cynical pro- proposal that came before the councils, councillors, who in fairness, to, particularly the newer councillors, were very enthusiastic to debate it, but they were browbeaten by engineers in City Hall who were concerned about a traffic plan. There was no design detail. There was no palette materials. Uh, they couldn't even decide what the two lanes would consist of whether there would be uh, a bus lane and a traffic lane or two bus lanes or whether they go one way or both directions. And at the last minute then, there was a, there was a, a cycle lane added in. But there was no grand vision in relation to how the city centre would, would work or any ambition for its future. And this project, in my view, is not fit for purpose. It lacks detail uh, and that the council should come forward with a lot more information and show some ambition for our city, because certainly the competitive of Limerick City it has the least attractive city centre in the country. Ask the tourist sector, they'll tell you that it, we've done great work on the riverfront and on Captain Street and Thomas Street, uh, where I have my business, but certainly O'Connell Street is a black mark. We need to do something, but this project is not the project nice. in its present form. But um, there was, and I'll finish this, there was a lovely project which we all bought into two and a half years ago, 
whether a city council produced a lovely um, computer-generated flight through over O'Connell Street, and we all bought into that project, and then they, they abandoned it because the traffic engineers got their hands on the project and turned it into a traffic project, not a public development enhancement project. OK, we're chatting to Ty Carney, to the CEO of Limerick Chamber, D. Ryan, uh, to Ross Griffin, who we'll talk to in a couple of minutes' time, and Ailish Drake, who is an architect and also placemaking an active mobility campaigner for Livable Limerick. So you've heard those contributions, Ailish. You know what Councillor Joe Ledden is saying. Where do you stand? Hi, Joe. Um, yeah, I suppose just to go back maybe to, to the issue that, that we had when we campaigned um, on, on the O'Connell Street plans, it really was this idea of through traffic on O'Connell Street. And that obviously is what we have at the moment. We have people travelling from one side of the city to the other side of O'Connell Street. And I think it's quite noticeable um, at the moment with all of the shops and businesses closed that you still have quite a lot of traffic travelling up through O'Connell Street, whereas other streets and other cities are actually empty because people that drive through a city don't stop to do business or to shop in a city. So um, I, I definitely, I mean, I take on take uh, Dee's point on board and that she was taking the idea of face value that there was flexibility built into the plan. And I think that uh, she's right probably in saying that it doesn't have to be delayed and that they could continue with, with the plan, but that now this flexibility has to be really looked at much more closely. So we need to get, I mean, what the campaigners were looking for at the time was either one block or two blocks to be pedestrianised. And the idea around this was so that you would stop through traffic going up O'Connell Street and that you would give a kind of a, a destination at the heart of the city. And it doesn't stop cars, um, you know, or, or, or buses from entering the, the city, but it just stops them from, from using it as a thoroughfare. And um, I think that uh, the, the Limerick uh, Transport um, Strategy, uh, that is, has been drafted up. And, of course, that's now been drafted up prior to what we know about COVID-19 and how cities are now so quickly changing their mindset around walking and cycling and all that sort of thing and giving more public space to people and to businesses uh, to do their business outside and, and restaurants and all that. So I think what really needs to happen is I think um, there needs to be more uh, a bigger con- conversation about it. We need to go back into consultation. We need to, to, to go back and review. Now, the, the um, transfer strategy hasn't actually been published yet for public consultation, but even if, if that was published, you know, it does need a serious review now in light of what's happening with COVID-19 and how the city might change afterwards. So that would allow us then to kind of say, well, look, a transport corridor for O'Connell Street is the wrong thing. And we need to actually make O'Connell Street a destination and we need to bring in some pedestrian space in it. And how does that impact on the transport strategy? And the transport strategy is the thing that actually needs to be altered now in light of the, of the new... Um, all these new ideas coming out. So I think it shouldn't really delay work on on O'Connell because, as he has said, uh, there was built-in flexibility on, on it. Um, and I do take Ty's point, like we have, we didn't get as much detail as we'd like to get on the type of materials that are being used and, and the details and all that. But, um, and uh, so, so I suppose, yeah, so I think in a way, like, this is actually an opportunity rather than uh, a big stumbling block 
Yeah. And I think that the, that the council needs to grasp this opportunity now and actually talk to people, engage with people and, 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 and make a better plan for the city. And uh, I was just listening to the idea of pedestrianising O'Connell Street, says another listener on 461995. I think it's a crazy idea. For instance, if an ambulance had needed to get to the hospital with a patient with a life-threatening ailment, they wouldn't be able to go the direct route. They'd have to go down the dock road and manoeuvre through the city. Then have they nothing better to do than come up with these mad notions? Uh, well, we are talking uh, to four guests this morning about it in the uh, context of what Councillor Joe Ledden had to say about revisiting the plans this week. Uh, Ty Carney from Ty Carney Jewellers is uh, with us, the CEO of Limerick Chamber, D. Ryan, uh, architect Ailish Gra- uh, Drake, who's also a placemaking and active mobility campaigner for Liverpool Limerick. And Ross Griffin is also with us. Um, and uh, a listener says on WhatsApp, it's wrong to pretend that plans will need to be reviewed now because of COVID. They were always wrong. And people such as Ailish Drake, John Moran, etc. were very vocal in saying that the plans were substandard from the get-go. Back to the drawing board, I think, uh, says that WhatsApper. Uh, Ross, um, tell us about where you're living and why you would maybe hope to get back to Limerick, if we get things right, of course. Joe, how are you doing? Uh, you doing? Thanks very much. I'm, um, my, my wife are living in Copenhagen, uh, in Denmark, and we have been living here for on and off for 11 years now. And uh, I'm originally from Limerick, and my wife's from Galway, so we want to get uh, back closer to home. Um, so... We currently live in the city uh, of Copenhagen, and I want to throw some facts here. What Tide was saying in Ailish uh, is, uh, is, is very good. We want to make Limerick a place that people want to come and visit. Now, Copenhagen in the 1960s um, trialed the pedestrianisation of one of their main streets, uh, Stroll it's called, and um, they trialed this pedestrianisation for two years. 3.2 kilometres of a street, the longest pedestrian street in the world, and we're talking about pedestrianising O'Connell Street, which is 700 metres. So we need to kind of take this into context. Um, it would change the dynamic of Limerick City for us as uh, a couple moving back to the city. It would change uh, the city life for us living in the city and the people and the, and, and the businesses. So for us, I think it's an important uh, step for Limerick City. Um, uh, and I think uh, what Ailish is, is doing in Liverpool Limerick is, is, is very good. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I think in Copenhagen, is it, what, 62% of people cycle, which I suppose isn't surprising because the city set up for it. it. It is set up for it, yes, but at one point it wasn't. Um, and everything needs to start somewhere. So Copenhagen uh, started uh, putting in uh, cycling infrastructure in the 1970s. What it is today because of that decision, the decision to uh, build the infrastructure uh, for biking, uh, to allow people to travel uh, across the city um, without the use of, of cars. Um, so their, their cycling infrastructure and their public transport infrastructure is, is, is very good. Now, Limerick City is, is a very small city. I think the diameter is approximately uh, 8 kilometres. So you should be able to cycle across Limerick City in approximately 30 minutes if the infrastructure was in place, of course. Um, so I suppose the conversation is a little bigger than just O'Connell Street, but at least O'Connell Street is a starting point for this, this change to Limerick City. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, listener's been in touch uh, with us uh, to say, Mike, um, is Ty Carney the only business person in Limerick? Um, uh, he's the only one we ever hear on when the future of Limerick is being discussed. Would you not invite some other business people to get a cross-society view? Well, you obviously don't listen to Limerick today too much, Mike, um, because uh, we have lots of different business people, of which Ty is one. And interestingly enough, some business people don't want to come on the air. 
and discuss these issues, particularly when things get a bit thorny. Um, Tyg, in fairness, is prepared to do that, whether you agree or disagree um, with him. Um, on that, Tyg, do you think that um, we are being a little naive in the overall sense in assuming that this can be done without delay. Because even uh, Joe Ledden admitted to me during the week, look, you know, there may be a delay here, but we need the delay in order to get this right. And he, he admitted himself, his position has changed on this since the vote last year. Yeah, uh, Joe, there's, there's a bit, you might raise that question, and I think that it can happen without delay, and I'll explain to you why. When we think of pedestrianisation or creating a world-class public wellness space or whatever, what you actually see is only the last 10% of the job. Well, most of this job will involve digging up streets, replacing services, reinforcing cellars, uh, putting down new water pipes and all that sort of thing. And all that can go ahead. It's just what finish you put on it. It's a little bit like sort of building the frame of a house, but you still decide on the internal detail and the decor afterwards. So the, all of the major disruptive work actually isn't the finish that you see, it's the infrastructure that goes in beforehand. For example, the, the pipes in, in O'Connell Street uh, have not been replaced in 100 years. When there's a major fire, they have to turn off uh, half the city uh, in order to get enough water in. Those kind of services will all be replaced and upgraded, and all of that work can proceed and still look at the final design details. And we have seen no final design details from City Hall in relation to street furniture, to uh, where exactly the trees will go. All of the detail we've seen so far has been concepts of what might be. So this project can, can proceed on two parallels. They can go ahead of the big infrastructure and work in the big building work and then rethink the actual finished detail, including how many traffic lanes, including what direction to go in, and including how we will do the public barrels based. Right. Ailish Drake, do you agree with that? Yes, Joe, I do. I mean, I think that Tide is right. There's a huge amount of um, background work. Like, I mean, I think they were only talking about tendering for, um, for those initial work, and there's no reason why that can't go ahead because all of that underground stuff um, can happen, and as I give right, I just want to come back there though to um, you know the idea of the bus corridor, and I suppose I can't stress um, enough that you know the plans, as, as Ty pointed out, there was an earlier scheme, and then that scheme was set aside because uh, there was because there was funding coming through the NTA, and their preferred route for the transport corridor was O'Connor Street for a, a dual way bus corridor. And like if we look at Cork and Dublin, so Patrick Street in Cork and O'Connor Street in Dublin, 20 years ago they, they spent a huge amount of money on schemes on their main streets and they put bus corridors on them. And now those streets are basically impassable for, for a pedestrian and very, um, uh, you know, not good space at all for, for people to come to. And Cork especially has filled up with, with bus shelters and everything. And that's 20 years ago and we're talking about doing that now. And if you went back to Cork now or Dublin today and said, "Here's nine million, uh, can you can you you know can you think of a way you can improve your street uh, in light of what's happened with COVID nineteen? They bite your hand off it. So like we can't pass up this opportunity to actually make the street uh, to make the city centre a destination and forget about and move that transport corridor uh, somewhere else. 
Uh, D. Ryan, who is uh, CEO of Limerick Chamber, um, obviously I'm not the experts that any of you are in this, but from long observation, I do find that when things go back into the political process, it inevitably leads to delays, often significant um, delays. Uh, but do you believe that that won't happen in this case, D? No, Joe, I, I spoke to council officials this morning to get clarity on this before I came on the call. And I am assured that if we were to reopen these designs now and determine that uh, we only want to operate the street with one lane, whether it's uh, public transport or vehicular traffic or whatever the decision was, that that would require, that would be a substantial change to the design of the street and would require to go back into a new Part A process. And that's my concern. I mean, this was a was a contentious matter last year. And I think what we're hearing around the panel this morning is a shared passion for Limerick and a shared vision for developing uh, and creating an enticing destination in our city centre. I would agree with all of your callers. I, You know, the chamber felt, you know, no, the designs that were presented to us were not absolutely perfect. But we took a pragmatic approach that the flexibility that the designs offered to us took us a, a dramatically forward and uh, in, in terms of improving our city centre and investing in our city centre and in, enhancing all of our experience in the city centre and allowed us flexibility to close off certain sections when and so we saw fit to use them differently. So I don't believe that there's any um, reason to delay the process that's going on, or the, the tender process. But, but it's very important to be right clear now. here. Council officials are saying to you that it would delay. It would, yeah. It would be a substantive change. If you take out a lane of traffic on the designs as is, that's a substantive change to the design. And that would require reopening the party process, going back out for public consultation, opening it up for um, all of the stakeholders to express their views, um, uh, going through the process that we went through last year again. And I, I think that would be, at this point, um, would be would be just an extreme, that would be the straw that breaks the camel back for a number of businesses in the city centre. I think Ailish was absolutely spot on when she highlighted the Limerick Transport strategy earlier on. And I believe that's where our focus should be. Yeah. Our focus should be but, on, okay. uh, on I, I do, our I, submissions there for the operation right. of the... Of the I do want to give Ailish a, a chance to respond there. So Ailish, um, according okay. to officials talking to D Ryan this morning, they're saying it would be delayed. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that that is true because... Um, lots of um, Part 8 applications run through and then they need to be amended. Um, I mean, we see it, we saw it up on Davis Street uh, that the design was changed for the worse, I might add, uh, during the process, so during the bill process. And they have to go back to the councillors with an amendment to Part 8 and that can then be voted through. So I, I, I don't believe that it would cause a delay to, to change it. And especially... No seeing as they have guaranteed people that there is flexibility in the design. They have said themselves that any day you want to close that street to make a pedestrian, you can do that. So I don't see what the, what the delay would be now. And, and, I, and I hear what you're saying, Eilish, and I, I raised exactly those specific queries because, as you know, the, the designs were amended by the councillors as they went through the Partey process in September and they, there was the addition of the cycle lanes and the condition of the traffic speed limit. But, but my, I was told just this morning that actually removing a lane from the design is, would be deemed substantive and a substantive change as opposed to an amendment to the design would require a new Partey process. Right. So, so if I can come in for a second there, um, when I attended the meetings of the council uh, when uh, along with Ailish, uh, when the, when this was being discussed, and there was a real appetite. It, it's worth remembering this this is being dealt with by the Metropolitan District of the Council. So there's a, a separate a city subsection of the Council of Elected Officials. 
And it's interesting to note that 12 of the 20 of those were newly elected uh, in the last local election. And there was a real appetite, particularly from the newer councillors, to engage more in this debate. And they were very proactive and very ambitious for the city. And they, But unfortunately, they were browbeaten by the, count, by the officials on that particular day. And I believe that, the, that uh, I fully accept that the, that the officials uh, told D. Ryan what she just said. I accept that fully. But I don't believe what they're saying. All right. Well, look, it's a very interesting debate. There's definitely a way to travel on this. And uh, the last part of that conversation underlines that in a big way. Uh, Thank you very much for chatting to us. Ross Griffin, Limerick man living in Copenhagen. Ty Carney from Ty Carney Jewellers in the city centre. The CEO of Limerick Chamber, D. Ryan. uh, And architect Ailish Drake, who's also placemaking an active mobility campaigner for Livable Limerick. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.